Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter stood up in the midst of the brothers and sisters. There was a group of about 120 persons in the one place, and he said, My brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was the guide for those who arrested Jesus. Judas was numbered among us and was allotted a share in this ministry. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his encampment become desolate, and may no one dwell in it, and may another take his office. Therefore it is necessary that one of the men who accompanied us the whole time the Lord Jesus came and went among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, become with us a witness to his resurrection. So they proposed to Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, You, O Lord, know, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry from which Judas turned away to go to his own place. Then they gave lots to them, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was counted with the eleven apostles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. Praise you, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, both now and forever. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. From the rising to the setting of the sun is the name of the Lord to be praised. High above all nations is the Lord, above the heavens his glory. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, and looks upon the heavens and the earth below? The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. He raises up the lowly from the dust. From the dunghill he lifts up the poor, to seat them with princes, with the princes of his own people. The Lord will give him a seat with the leaders of his people. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. 
I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This feast of St. Matthias shows us a, an adjustment that needed to be made early in the life of the church to fill the place lost by Judas. It shows, doesn't it, a respect for the structure right from the beginning. There's a respect for the way Jesus himself set up the structure of the church, that there would be people appointed, people sent, just as the Father had sent him, in order to do what? Notice it's focused on and centered on the person of Jesus. To be with us a witness to his resurrection. You want to know what leadership in ministry means, what leadership in the church means. It's not about power. It's not about money. It's not about telling people what to do. It's not about imposing your own viewpoint. It's about being a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Now, in this first group of apostles, it was necessary that they be, they had been there physically, as Peter describes here from the beginning of when Jesus came among them right up until his ascension. Of course, that's not possible today. But nevertheless, those of us in the church, whether we exercise a leadership role or whether we are proclaimers of the gospel, just by the fact of our baptism and confirmation, we are witnesses to his resurrection at work in us. We know his power. We have a relationship with him. To have a role to proclaim his kingdom, we have to know him a witness to his resurrection. We have eaten with him. We have spoken with him. We have allowed him to speak to us. We have allowed him, above all, to change our lives. We've seen, we've experienced his power. That power, as the gospel tells us, is one of love. Those who make too much of a distinction between following the commandments and loving Sometimes you hear this, you hear people push this distinction. Oh, it's not about a matter of following the commandments, it's about a matter, matter of loving. Jesus Christ makes something very clear to us here. Keeping my commandments is loving me. And loving, furthermore, takes no greater form in this life than to lay down your life for your friends. John's Gospel records it here, as we just heard from the 15th chapter. And in his first letter, he says, Here's how we have seen the love of the Father. The Son laid down his life for us. And then he goes on to say, We too must lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is the fruit that Jesus is looking for. In the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet shows God complaining, this is in chapter 5, 
that the vineyard he planted, okay, he formed a people of his own, put them on their own land, sent them the prophets, showed them their way of life. The vineyard he planted, instead of bearing good fruit, good grapes, was bearing wild grapes. The people were doing what? The people were going off and following false gods. And because, Isaiah also said, your maker has become your husband, because he pointed out that God wants a relationship of intimacy with his people as a bridegroom to a bride. So if we go off and serve other gods, if we follow other gospels as we and as we have heard in recent days here in the Easter season gospels, if we follow the voice of a different shepherd, it's like we're committing adultery against God. He wants complete fidelity. This is what it means when the word says God is a jealous God. He wants us exclusively. He wants our full attention on him. He doesn't want us to have other lovers in the, region, in the realm of gods and goddesses. He wants all of us. Bear fruit in love. Jesus baptizes us, and then he wants us to bear fruit. Jesus plants a vineyard. We are branches on the true vine. He wants us to bear fruit in love. He wants to see people who are loving one another as the Father loves him and as he loves us, ready to be crucified rather than pull back our love. This is why so much is asked of a parent. Do I generously accept, welcome, and protect the life within me? Oh, this is going to be a sacrifice. And some people in our culture have so lost the sense of sacrifice and of love that they can't calculate the difference between living through nine months of a pregnancy with all the sacrifices that, and that entails. Of course, it entails sacrifices. But the value of that sacrifice compared to someone's entire life They've lost the ability to measure that. And they, they would rather have that life killed by abortion than endure nine months of a pregnancy. This is a spiritual poverty, as Mother Teresa said. This is a sickness when we can no longer perceive that a life and loving a life is worth nine months of sacrifice. We've missed it. Jesus is looking for fruit of love. Mother Teresa said we teach women not to have abortions by teaching them how to love. This is what Jesus is talking about as the fruit. He asks fruit of those he chooses to be apostles and leaders in the church, like Matthias. Fruit of humility. Fruit of service. Remember, he told his apostles, among the Gentiles, those who exercise authority make their authority felt. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I can reward you. I can punish you. 
I can tell you what to do. So what? That's not what we're about in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And some of these leaders that don't seem to know that ought to go off to a monastery for the rest of their lives and shut their mouths. Because if all they can do is go around making their authority felt, they don't belong in authority. Jesus asks us to bear fruit. And he says, it must not be that way with you. The greatest among you must be your servant. What kind of fruit does he want? And this is not just from the leaders, although I do address myself to the leaders. And again, I say, if you're not serving humbly, if you're not bearing witness to the resurrection of Christ, but instead bearing witness to your own authority, get out of it. Get out of it if you're in the wrong place. Get out. He asks us to bear fruit that shows itself in the kind of service that Jesus Christ himself exercised, giving his life, giving his blood for those that he had come to serve, giving life to those he had come to serve. What are the kind of fruit is he asking of us? The fruit of holiness, our union with God, shows forth in the world not only by the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, do we do our work with joy? Do people see us rejoicing, smiling, happy? Or do they see discontent, sourpusses, lethargic people? Or do they people see people running to do what they are called to do in this life, running to proclaim the kingdom, running to defend life? He wants to see joy, peace. Let nothing disturb you, the saints say. Don't be disturbed. Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness. These are some of the fruits of the Spirit. He wants to see these fruits in us, and he wants to see fruit through our actions that bring about in the world the advancement of justice, peace, love, and life. And so we see the fruit now. As the Supreme Court is about to reverse Roe versus Wade, a major, major victory for the pro-life movement, not the end of our work, the beginning of phase two of our work, but phase one has been going on for almost 50 years now. As the Supreme Court is about to do this, it is the fruit of 50 years plus of prayer, sacrifice, generous giving, tireless work, publishing, speaking, educating, lobbying, voting, the 50 years of work of the pro-life movement. And I've been privileged to work in it for 47 of those 50 years. This is the fruit. An actual change, actual protection. For babies, for their moms, we're not just here to witness against abortion. We're here to end it. And the same is true in all the other arenas of advancing justice and protection and life and love. He wants fruit. Remember when he saw the fig tree and it wasn't bearing fruit? Jesus told his disciples, and he tells all of us in the Gospels, the master was told, um, cut it down. 
oh no, but, 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 but if we just give it another chance, give it another year, I'll till around it and, 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 and care for it and perhaps it will bear fruit. And then the master was patient to say, okay, give it another chance, but if it doesn't bear fruit, then it will be cut down. Our opportunity to bear fruit is a limited amount of time. We can't waste time. We've got to get things done in growing in holiness, deepening our service, making our witness more effective, and bringing about victories for life, for justice, for peace, and for love. We have to re require that those we vote for in public office bear fruit. No presidential administration was more fruitful for the saving of life, for the promotion of freedom, justice, and peace than that of President Donald Trump. doesn't matter what a person's political affiliation might be. That's just a plain fact. There was fruit, historic fruit, these are the kind of people we have to be voting for, people who can get things done. Otherwise, our vote is just an exercise in wishful thinking. Is that what we want to do? Same thing can be said of our prayers in, in churches, in our preaching. Is this supposed to be just wishful thinking? I'm amazed at how some bishops have said in these recent days, as the court is about to reverse Roe v. Wade, oh, well, let's pray fervently. This past Friday was yesterday, a day of prayer and penance. Let's pray fervently that Roe v. Wade will be reversed. The Supreme Court would not be able at the current moment to reverse Roe v. Wade if it hadn't been for President Donald Trump putting three of those justices there, all three of whom are going to vote to reverse Roe v. Wade as everything seems to be happening. And yet some of these same church leaders who are saying, oh, let's pray fervently for the reversal of Roe v. Wade, punish priests like me for supporting President Trump. Or maybe themselves made disparaging comments about President Trump. I don't get it. I don't understand that. And I don't find that acceptable. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be real. When on earth are we going to stop fooling ourselves? Because unless we start applying the word of God, including to the realm of politics, unless we start calling people who believe to action, including, and in fact, starting in the arena of defending the most defenseless, the unborn, well then when we gather for worship, we're just engaging in Wishful thinking. Oh, we wish it would be this way. We hope that the world gets better. Lord, make the world better. And the Lord looks at us and he says, well, why don't you make the world better? Oh, Lord, bring us about an end of Roe v. Wade. Well, why don't you vote for the people who can actually make that happen? And meanwhile, the Catholic Democrats go their merry way, deceived and deceiving others, thinking that somehow they're worshiping God and they're bringing about exactly the opposite of what the church is praying for. I don't want to be part of that. 
I mean, that's just rank hypocrisy. That's just delusion. Wishful thinking. We don't have time for that. It's time for action. It's time to bear fruit. It's time to say clearly. Connect the dots for people. One plus one is two. A, B, and C. Don't make things up. Don't pretend that reality isn't what it is. And stop having fear dominate your decisions. Thank God for saints like Matthias, the apostles. These, these, these men knew how to bear fruit. Let's take their example. Let's let the Lord Jesus live and love through us as we continue to celebrate his resurrection and bring about his good fruit in the world. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.